This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. Welcome to the Classic Face Rip Podcast. Yes, we are back. I am DM Vincent. I've got two new co-hosts here, as you can see, those that are watching live on my YouTube channel when this video drops, uh, The Evil DM. YouTube.com slash The Evil DM. You will see the Classic Face Rip Podcast is back. Those that are listening at home, you can head over here to see the faces of the people that are talking. Otherwise, just enjoy listening to the audio podcast and us debate back and forth. But sitting above me to my right but even though i'm pointing to the left because of the mirror this way is uh steven and uh steven i want you to introduce yourself to the people out there tell us your name how you got involved with this and what rules you prefer okay hi everybody my name is steven i've played a basic set rule book for marvel i actually got introduced into the setting through my gaming group which vince was the gm um yeah, we played it for, I'd say, a year or two, solid. It was pretty good. I mean, you can listen to it, what, at therollhiredive.com? Um, yeah, and honestly, it got addicting fast between the character creation that was fun, rolling for this or that, and the story with my friends. It became a really fun game, and now, now I'm actually GMing two separate games myself, um, just variant of the kind of the same story thing seeing how this group reacts and then this group reacts same situation but different people do different things so isn't it really weird how you you know you're thinking they might do the same thing but they do something completely different i had one group who decided to make friends with the bad guys and the other group that's i'm pretty sure about to get their butts kicked by the bad guys so yeah it's it's pretty interesting seeing how they all react to the stories but there's a lot it's fun I won't lie, it's probably one of the more addicting games I've played. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it, was this through you and our gaming group, and then somehow my other friends, I advised it to them. We, even at work, just between this or that, just miscellaneous, we actually rolled characters, because I had it so memorized, like, all right, roll this, this is that, and I actually had on the phone the die, so a buddy of mine, while at work, was creating Marvel characters, and yeah that was just good time killer and he's been wanting to play that character for so long now so that when i finally started the game yeah but that's me steven nice to meet all of you <laughs> i think if you've seen any of our other games you've probably heard me before or seen me here and there yeah steven's been in our uh shadow run game our D game our play fantasy game you've been in a whole bunch of them out there so yeah so you either love or hate me at this point maybe yeah in one of the two one of the three and this big guy over here, no, this way, this big guy right over here, you might recognize his face. Some people that are familiar with my channel, this is The Jeff. The Jeff. Who's been nicknamed, who also kills players, apparently. So. And groups. <laughs> and groups, yes. Uh, you're familiar with him from Unscripted Evil and a bunch of other things we've done on the channel, but I'll let Jeff introduce Jeff. Hi, I'm The Jeff. Uh, I've been playing uh, role-playing games since for 30 years. Uh, I've been playing Marvel Classic... Uh, role-playing game uh classic heroes i think it's called uh for just as long uh i joined the vince's group uh back in 2012 but kind of got separated came back around 2018 
and uh, just absolutely destroy the uh, the the Marvel great game he was running. Not trying to, but it just happened that way. Yeah, uh, the game was winding down by then. Yeah, anyway, the game so. was winding down. The group was breaking up anyway, and I'd just be the catalyst to help. Um, yeah, I enjoy the the basic rule set, and uh, I usually have fun with it whenever I play. All right, that's our Jeff. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, since the last show, which was May 2021, uh, the unofficial Canon Project, which is a group that we're all familiar with if you're watching this show and you're not familiar with it, they do have a Facebook group, which I can link in the comments, and you could join it. The unofficial Canon group basically has taken up the mantle, taken up the torch, uh, driven forward and making supplements as if TSR never stopped making things. Uh, so just picture TSR still in the business and they're still just pumping out those uh, source books and maybe some module scenarios. And they're just plugging along with the Marvel game since it never stopped. They've come out with so many different things over the years. Let's see here. They have started basically in 2016 when it looks like they started. And they have basically released 57 regular monthly issues of the Marvel files, three annuals. Uh, wow, modules, they have a couple of them, accessories, adventures. Uh, they started 2016, looks like they released two, then 2017, it was nine. 17 in 2018, and then a little bit less than 2019, 15. So they're averaging about 15 to, you know, 14, 15, you know, different supplements a year up until this year. They haven't really released anything this year yet, but the new year has just started. So who knows what heights they'll get to. But since we've last talked about things and we'll get into it in the future, we'll go over some of the things that they're doing in the Canon group because I like to uh, highlight and show what they do because it's basically it looks just like a professional supplement. And if you guys have seen any of them, you would never be able to tell the difference between the TSR one and theirs. They're that good. So they've released, uh, let's see here, uh, Times Square, Spidey Super Story, Spider Tech. Uh, Archer's time, uh, they timed that for the Disney release for uh, Hawkeye. They had a uh, Hellspawn Marvel file, a giant sized Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, which was time for the uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Uh, they had an Avengers Annihilate, which came out. Uh, Secret Wars 25 years later, which was a time release one for the What If uh, series on Disney Plus. Black Widow. Uh, supplement came out which was marvel file 51 time for the black widow theatrical release the 25th anniversary marvel Comics celebrated 25 years in 1986 nostalgia issue uh grandmaster's guide to npc and uh let's see here uh, there was one more here marvel file 49 TSR this month we thought would provide the characters that, although they never made an appearance in Marvel Comics, they did appear in some of the classic TSR products, so maybe appearances of people that didn't show up certain places. And finally, they did a Spitfire uh, edition of our Marvel file. So that was a lot of things that was released in 2021. We may or may not go over those things. We may go over the newer things, but you can head over to the Facebook group, or you can head over to classicmarvelforever.com. And they have most of those things. I believe most of them should be there. If they're not, they will be added in by the uh, admin there as well. Whew, that was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that website, by the way. Yeah, it's, they're doing great. Insanely useful. Mm-hmm. 
Like I said, we're back. Uh, we're going to start talking right about Marvel. We're going to get right into things. So this week we picked two different things to talk about. And the first thing was uh, that came up here, and I'm looking at my notes here. Creating home uh, homebrew characters or creating your own character versus playing established characters. And what the advantage of playing uh, a created character over an established character would bring or vice versa. So I'm going to start with Jeff on this one because this was a Jeff topic he picked. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> uh, tell us, uh, when this came across your mind, what was... Uh, how would you which side would you pick in this argument let's say you had to pick a side i definitely go homebrew i mean homebrew yeah i mean i i always enjoy the uh the it when you create a character it's like putting yourself in the marvel universe or in the x-men universe and so on and so forth and it's it's part of your creation you know i i think plus you get to level them up it's 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 like your own personal journey as a as opposed to a to a an established story. Okay. And uh Steven, where do you sit in this debate? No, I'm in agreement. I prefer as a player to be homebrew because as Jeff stated very well, you feel like you're in that story. You connect with the characters that you create more. You come up with their backstory. You justify how they got this power in some GMs either have them roll the power randomly or they let them roll how much they get. Like, okay, you got three powers based off your roll. You choose them, and then we'll determine how strong you are with them. So with Homebrew, you definitely have more of a connection with them. Whereas established characters, nothing wrong with them. If you want to play Spider-Man and you want to get that acting chops in, that's great. You, you're Spider-Man. Do it how you will. But the restriction is... Spider-Man's not going to go around pulling Punisher axe. He's not going to throw a cop car at somebody. You have to play as that character. Otherwise, it just feels weird. It's like, you're not going to play Wolverine as Spider-Man. Whereas you can play Wolverine, but you got to do it within the restrictions of this. So, as far as the thing goes, I'm definitely homebrew versus established as, as far as a player goes. Now, as the GM, we're we're pretty much everybody who's npc and superhero supervillain so if you're gming you better be up to date on your comic book lords and know you're not playing them wrong yeah good point uh i also sit with you guys as well as creating homebrew characters allows you the freedom to play a character however you want to play without having the preconception of uh like you said spider-man for example running around and uh, obviously, if you're playing Spider-Man, you're not going to do Punisher acts. And if Spider-Man suddenly decides to go out there and grab a gun and start shooting villains as Spider-Man, you as the GM and probably the other players in the group are going to be like, yeah, Spider-Man's not going to be doing that, bro. I'm going to back up off that gun. And that's the problem with established characters is that you have that baggage that also comes along with them that you have to deal with, too. So if we're playing a game. And uh, Steven, you're playing Captain America, for example. And Jeff, you're playing the Punisher. Your Captain America character is not going to be like, hey, Frank Castle, let's go over there and slaughter those bad guys. Well, Jeff would be like, 
Absolutely. Well, depends. Go slaughter the Captain America. We need America or modern day Captain America. Captain wow, America. Yeah. We need to calm it down. You know, maybe they're just misunderstood. Yes, that, that, that <laughs> both characters not playing how they should is perfectly exactly. The Punisher's not going to be like, whoa, whoa, buddy, we can't be doing that. And Captain America's like, yes, I'm going to throw my shield and decapitate that guy. You know, he wouldn't be doing things Hydra. like that. What's that? Captain America, Hail Hydra. Yeah. All right. Let, let's pretend that didn't happen, okay? <laughs> it did happen. It was to kill innocence. That was the storyline to do it in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but we're, we're, we're talking about the good Captain America, the Captain America that stands for, you know, freedom, justice, America, and things like that. He's not going to go around decapitating people with his shield. He's going to be more knocking them out, trying to capture them. You know, if there's a hostage situation, he's going to try to save the hostages before himself. You're not going to be running around playing Captain America as, you know, let's sneak in the building and slaughter them from behind and then we'll save the hostages. If one of them die, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I'll say, kind of touch up what I said. It's If you're playing one of these established characters, if this is what you want to do, you want to be Captain America, you're restricted to that personality in a way. I mean, it's going to give you kudos to your acting chops. I mean, if that's something that you're wanting to, like, better yourself as a role player, great. But when it comes to homebrewing, it lets you be a little bit more like, this is what I would do, or this is what I feel yeah, my character yeah. would do. And there's no judgment there. Yeah. I mean, you can just... model a Captain America character. Uh, like, you know, Steven, uh, you're my GM. I'd be like, uh, I really want to play a Captain America type guy, but I don't want to be Captain America. I kind of want the shield and the super soldier abilities. Can we make that happen? You'd be like, yeah, all right, we'll look through the book and you know, see what we can make with it. And then say I design my character up with your guidance and everything. And he's kind of Captain America, like he's got a shield or something. And he's got some of the similar abilities of Captain America. I can run around and take my shield and decapitate people, even though good guys shouldn't be doing that. But we get karma if we go by the rules. But <laughs> yeah, but we'll just say that, you know, my character does that. And you're like, all right, we're playing that type of gritty game and you're you're fine with it. There's no one in the group going, oh, no, 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 Joe. No, 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 Vince. Your character is like Captain America. You wouldn't be doing that. And that, that's not how it works. So you don't have to worry about that. I always feel if you're going to play like a murdering character, just note that was it the Law of Returns or something like that. If you kill somebody, then suddenly the villains don't have any qualms about trying to kill you. Oh, no. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Well, the villains never had a qualm killing anybody. I don't know. What is it? The Flashes, the rogues gallery, they don't go after family members. They don't try to kill the Flash if they can help it because they know the moment they kill a, a cape, I think they call it, suddenly the gloves are off and suddenly the superheroes will go at them hard as opposed yeah. to just putting them in jail. They'll put them in the ground. Well, so a lot of supervillains will intentionally not try to kill some of these superhero types. Yeah, but you're talking about the Flash the Flash you know gallery who as an example basically want to put down the flash i mean their whole concept is just to make the flash look bad but you got someone like the joker who shot you know uh barbara gordon who and wants killed, to kill their family and killed well, robin i mean well the joker it depends on the writer sometimes he's a goofball other times he's does what he did to barbara gordon and you're just like that's a guy that other villains are scared of yeah. And yet but Batman still won't kill him because of Joker Batman. immunity. Batman. Because the writers don't want him to die. <laughs> but no, on the flip side, right, we all agree that the we enjoy playing homebrew characters. But on the flip side, let's play. Let's say you're playing a module. 
and uh, you got you got a group, say four players, and three of them are homebrew, and they're gonna be kind of weak, though, right? You play an established character, you have uh, already no build, uh, uh, you have a, a name, you have powers, you have a higher power, and you already have a higher set of karma. Depends on the hero. I mean, you bring up a very good point. I mean, if you're playing established, you know what you're playing. Yeah. You yeah. know if you're Batman, you are like the best martial artist in the world. The, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a great argument for playing a homebrew is you know what you're getting into. Whereas homebrew, it's a roll of the dice. I mean, you could start off pretty powerful or like you said, street level where you're a Frank Castle running around and your biggest skill is military tactics and the size of the gun and you have. Guns. Yeah. <laughs> I had the power of guns. So yeah, it's actually a very <laughs> good point, Jeff, for people who want to play as um, yeah. established characters. You know what you're getting into. Yeah, I mean, you could have you could be part of the mutant, the X Men universe, play three brand new mutants, and one guy's like, "No, I want to play Wolverine." Well, you're gonna have those claws. You can have that sense of spell. You can have that regeneration, and you're gonna have the fact that you're Wolverine, and you know, you pop those claws, they know something bad is going to happen to them. Yeah, it's one. This is one of the few games where rolling really, really high may also be really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Plus, like I said, you already had the set of karma, and in that game, karma can make the difference between life and death. Yeah, good good thoughts. Right. He brings up a really good point for homebrew there, or not homebrew. The established, uh, established. I mean, established. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always found that when I bought modules for DC, for example, or for Marvel when they had modules, that it was always built around established characters. And it said, mm-hmm. it always said in them, oh, these are for established characters, and here's a set of characters, but it can be used with homebrew. But then you think about it, the homebrew really don't fit in the scenario that they give you. Maybe you match the scenarios that you choose as the GM based off of the players. I mean, if you get a bunch of players that want to play a detective noir, Batman-esque story, and you know about those modules, that's perfect. Yeah. You, your players don't want to be Captain Super Amazing. They want to be a Batman-like hero, and you get a group of players that want to play that kind of story where they're helping out Batman. They're their own vigilante group, and they're in the Gotham City, or even a city similar. You just you have that module to use, so that's good. Chicago. Chicago-based heroes. <laughs> you never hear about that unless you're Harry uh, Dresden. Well, yeah. I don't know. I always found modules for established heroes and playing a group of established heroes just never worked out. It's I hard. Don't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember one time when we, when I was really young and I was uh, in the Boy Scouts, we actually pulled out the Marvel superhero game after we set up everything. And Jeff, shut up. And uh, <laughs> we so had the, the Boy whole... Scouts you pulled out. Uh, fucking Jeff. And uh, we pulled out the Marvel game. It was the basic set, and we were all picking our characters, and I got to be the thing, and we had an adventure, and I remember I was playing the thing, and they're like, I did something. I don't remember exactly what it was. I punched a wall or something like that, and they're like, the thing wouldn't do that. I'm like, why not? The thing would punch the wall. Who cares? The thing's no. like... 
biggest catchphrase is it's clobbering time, and it usually like followed by smashing through a wall or throwing a car. It, yeah, I think it had to do with the, uh, the the kidnapped people behind the wall or something. I don't remember exactly what the scenario was, but they were just like basically. I'm just describing a situation that I was playing an established character, and apparently the group was calling me out, or one person in the group was calling me out saying the thing wouldn't do that. And I, and my thing was, well, I'm playing the thing, so I decide what the thing is going to do, and that's when it comes into the whole established character you're playing it as a homebrew character and that's where it goes downhill for established characters when you're playing it and you might as well just not play that established character you're going to get the rules lawyer with the established the the lore lawyer i guess you can call it in a marvel game it's like yeah. uh-uh, batman wouldn't do that uh-uh magneto would not do that <laughs> the prick yeah <laughs> but yeah so there's this there's pluses and minuses to do them both yeah, pluses for established characters is you know what you're getting into, you know who they are, and maybe if you're a big fan of that character, you get to be that character. Yeah, you get to be Spider-Man and stuff in this story. So let's, let's that's go back the plus to the, for it. Let's go back to the original Captain America, right? Okay. Yeah, you don't want to be you want, you want to play Captain America, and you want to be a good guy. You can't. Yeah, the bad side you can't just go around killing people because well. Actually, Captain America has killed a few people, but not, in the in the cinematic universe, we're talking about Ultimates Captain America, where he yeah, just didn't he, care, or are we talking established six one six Captain America, where he is anyway, anyway, anyway. So depends on what universe you go into. He's killed a few people, you know, but uh, you know, you also get the name factor, right? You want your character wants in, some information, right? You're not going to talk to some nobodies. Who the hell are you? I don't know who you are. Oh, Captain America steps in the building. Oh, well, hey, Cap, what do you want to know? Yeah, you got your in when yeah. you're an established name. That also comes with the, you have the famous ability that comes with all the names. So, yeah, new heroes have to work their way up through the reputation table. I mean, they may roll really lucky on the resources and be Tony Stark-esque rich. Mm-hmm. But they still don't have their name out there yet. I have a character who's very much like that. He's a teen genius who comes from a very wealthy family, but he's only known in his neighborhood as a local hero. So the people in his local neighborhood kind of know him. Okay. Yeah, they see the hero going rooftop to rooftop, you know, helping people out, stopping bad guys. But that's as far as his reputation has gone. So if he intimidates like Wilson Fisk, Fisk would just be looking at him like, and you are... Who oh, apparently is the mayor of New York City, according to the current timeline <laughs> in comics. Not surprised. And well, I, so I guess we definitely talk to, to Captain America, though. And I guess apparently Luke Cage is running against him now. So I'd vote for Luke Cage. I go for Luke Cage, too. <laughs> Kingpin is misunderstood. We'll vote for him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So and the next thing we were going to talk about tonight was... Uh, Something that a lot of people like to do in their games eventually, and especially if you play the basic revised rules as opposed to the advanced rules, uh, adding new powers into the game is something that every GM kind of tinkers with, explores with their players because, you know, the book is just so much. It's just a guideline. It's not actually the be-all, end-all. Just because there's a power not listed in there doesn't mean a superhero can't have that power. Steven, for example, when we played my game, we made up a completely custom power for the iron dragon metal adder slash whatever other name we call him the real iron dragon iron dragon the real metal adder whatever we want to call him 
uh, John, for example. Oh, and what's funny is the power that we were talking about is actually established in the games. I found it. It's magnetokinesis. It's literally the full control of metal. He can was it in one of the books? I don't remember where it was. It, I found it through a website. The great oh. thing about TSR Marvel is you can look up like what is this power, and I, I think it was also in the Marvel Wiki. You can find like power that does this, and it just pulled up. So, oh, okay. It wasn't in the game itself. It was in Marvel Universe. But if you're life. thinking of a power, they probably have it in the Marvel Wiki, and you can find it and be like that. So yeah, yeah, great resource. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But it, but as the GM, you have to sit there and figure out the mechanics of it in the game itself. Yeah. Which you and I did for your power of um, what did we wind up calling? I don't remember. It was just metal control. Yeah, metal control, and we just basically took it on a case by case basis, discover deciding what type of level you'd have to roll to do the feat that you wanted to do at the time. Yeah, I think the way and, it. Find- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, and eventually over time we. Uh, had you roll uh, uh, power feats so you can do more with it to grow the power itself, which is a way in-game also to make powers a little bit different than the rest or less cookie-cutter than just, you know, uh, jumping, super jumping, for example. And then, you know, you add something else to it with the power feat. You do it a couple times, and it adds a sub-power to it. So now it's something a little different compared to Jeff's super jump power. Mm-hmm. No, Jeff actually, looks like he's like you know, judging us right now. He's like, mm-hmm. no, I actually <laughs> who he has uh, fire control, mm-hmm. and he rolled amazing on it, guys. <clears throat> I swear he had loaded dice, but he did not. He just rolled that well, so he had amazing fire control right off the bat. Yeah, and there are things he wants to do with it, which I think would fall under power stunts or feats, like you were saying, like. He wants to be able to move really fast, so he uses anime references, and he does this like fire jump kick thing that can let him do that. I had him do it as a feat, but I don't know if that's kind of along the lines. Of, um, I think we call homebrew power. power like he's being able to do something with the power itself. Yeah, it's your game. You can do whatever you want. I mean, if he wants to use that fire to travel across the world, let him. But as far as just coming up on the fly and creating something. I've had one player who stole the scorpion's tail. They, there was a big fight, and they actually took the scorpion's tail, a little bit of emasculation there. It was a little disheartening for the poor guy. Uh-huh. But he's a tech guy. His whole He's human tech. That was the route he chose and stuff like that. And he rolled really well for his int- reasoning, so he's brilliant. And he wanted to incorporate the scorpion's tail into his suit. So I had to work with him in a hmm. unique way of getting that tail because it can actually do a lot. Yeah. Um, plasma bolts, strength, as far as hitting things. And I established it, and we worked with him. as like, well, you don't have the karma yet to get a new power, but it doesn't make sense with you with that intelligence and the actual technology in front of you to not do something. So he basically has, for now, until he can tinker on it more, a.k.a. get the required karma and level it up, he's got basically like a harpoon latch thing. Like the tail can actually latch out and booster him just like it does for the scorpion you know being able to jump those buildings yeah now he can do something similar and i just gave it to him because it didn't make sense to have the tech have the resources and not be able to do anything just because he's still short karma so that's kind of like a homebrew thing we worked with him on that but if he wants to do more with the tail 
that's when he's going to have to start building up the karma and maybe get that plasma bulge or something like that. Ah, so you let him let him dip his beak into it a little bit, get a little bit wet, and entice him to try to plan for the future. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But if he wanted to make full use of the till, he would have to use all his. He, he would have to use some karma. It would, yeah, it would be a karma use. It's literally what I'm thinking as a homebrew power because it's not in the book anywhere. I mean, it doesn't no. say scorpion tail specifically. No. So, yeah, if he wants to tinker with it, it's just like getting a new power and he's leveling it up. He just starts with something basic, which is the harpoon thing that lets him travel far. Yeah, it'd be kind a technology-type of... base power. Yeah. So that's probably that. the best example I have of a player coming up with something that's not in the book that is an ability that they can do and that they can level up as they progress. The problem, yeah. with, the problem yeah, with making a new power is the fact that like Steven said, most of the powers are already there. And yeah, uh, well, they're not there exactly. Now, when I'm saying a new power, I meant new mechanic power to the game, not a new power, new power. Like like Steven said, you can go to the Marvel Wiki and find almost anything for a superpower. It's a matter of bringing it into the game is the problem. How are you going to handle it as a GM if you find the super califragilistic expialidocious? I did it. Uh, <laughs> power, power in the Marvel Wiki, but how do you bring that? I'm not saying it again. Power into, because <laughs> I'll screw it up, into the game and figure out how it works in the game. That's the problem that you run into. I mean, it's easy to create something, hmm. it's just a matter of how does it apply in the game and how could you put a lid on it (laughs) well i think realistically it comes to you as the gm and then as the player it's like i want god power it's like no no i'm sorry but this is the range of abilities and powers if you just unless we're playing a cosmic game then okay that would be fine that's a cosmic setting but if you're at a spider let's just use spider-man as the baseline because okay he's a superhero superpowers He's not street level. He's not Thor level. He's mid-grade, I'd say, as far yeah. as established he's, heroes. Yeah. Global. Yeah. But you're not going to have somebody who comes in and, like, wants to have city-destroying powers. And you're like, as the GM, it's like, no. One great example I had was another player who started dabbling into magic. Mm-hmm. Like, I let him uh, take it. He spent the karma. I had him do a whole little mini story arc where he trained with uh, Doctor Strange and all that. And so he started off as a mutant, but then he wanted to dabble into sorcery because he was reading the books. He got into it. He's like, and he's a huge Doctor Strange fan. Mm-hmm. So I let him do that. He got into a battle with Sabretooth of all people, and his wife slash partner in the game got mauled really bad by him, and he in character lost it. And so he tried to pull out a spell that would literally channel the power of seven suns, which is in the lore that Stephen Strange can do, to channel it out like, you're not destroying the solar system just because your wife got hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry, I get that your emotions are high, but you have rookie level sorcery. You can at most like blind somebody or shoot a firebolt and things like now, that. Did you, did you use the magical powers that were in the actual basic revise, or did you use the magic of the, uh, realms of magic book? What did you use? You used just basically that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know that book's there, but at the time he was, he was still rookie at it. So I didn't really read too much into it other than just how I could get him the powers and stuff like that. 
it's very basic in the book that's why i was wondering if what you exactly did for that scenario if you just basically kind of did it on the fly and you basically just followed the book and made the rest of it up which yeah a lot of it's homebrew but when he's trying to channel spells that are established in the lore but aren't in the book it's like you you, as the gm you have to be reasonable it's like dude you're not at that power level yet dr strange trained for years to be able to do basic magic you got the magic for dummies book you're not channeling this power of seven suns i would probably in that scenario maybe if he was doing that let him do that but he would have to roll like a perfect 100 dude you have no idea how good this guy rolls he would have rolled 100 magically (laughs) all right as an example they were they had daredevil like of all people he pretended to snap the neck of a friend so the guy was playing dead daredevil went to go investigate him and he couldn't find a pulse because the okay. guy rolled a 100 on the play dead. Huh. Yeah, it, they, their luck is insane like that. It's as a GM, it's kind of like. So I wasn't going to risk that. It was just a hard no. You are not destroying the solar system. Even if you rolled 100, you would have to roll like 10 100s in a row. Yeah, because one, it also destroys your game. <laughs> and then not to mention your entire campaign. Uh <laughs> Well, I mean, I would have probably asked him, what exactly are you going to do when you channel this? And was he just basically doing it to try to kill this other person? Yeah, but you can't channel the power of seven suns without destroying everything on the planet. I mean, and I probably would have asked him, what are you going to do? You're going to channel this power and all this rage to kill this one person, which is going to do this, 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 this and this. Are you sure you really want to do this? That's kind of why I it got negated in character out of character but i had to as the gm like that's a power that i cannot authorize even if you know of it because i'm college educated i know of astrophysics but i ain't pulling that off so you might know magic but you're not exactly going to be doing stuff like that but that's another case of somebody taking a given worked with kind of power which is based off the book but we're kind of homebrewing a few things along the way with it mm-hmm. that just that one case kind of went a little overboard and i had to put a limit on it hey you gotta do what you gotta do i'm not 100 percent certain but isn't there a rule inside the game talking about new uh buying new powers how it starts out like at the lowest level and you get to build it up yeah you yeah from the way I, and Vince, correct me if I'm wrong here, because as far as my games go, I'm still kind of a rookie GM, learning as I go. And you're doing just fine. Yeah, the way I have it is 2,000 karma points to get the new power. They start off at shift zero with the power, like that's it. So I usually advise them save up a little bit more than just the 2K, because then it's like what 20 karma to get it, get it to feeble. I think I multiply it by 100 or something, so it'd be 200, 300. So yeah, it's 200 karma to get it to the feeble rank. So yeah, it takes a lot of karma to boost things up. And you also have to have provide a legit reason that you got this new power. Can't be just like, yeah, I got this new power. This is what I want. You have there has to be a story involved with like, how did its power grow out of you? It just doesn't pop up overnight. Yeah, like we were saying, somebody who's super commander, our made up Captain America XP, he's not going to suddenly get the extra limb ability he's not a mutant so where did this extra arm come from or something or a tail it's like and if he's like well i was experimenting with drugs okay that's a start 
and what happened with the side effects of this experimentation because there's going to be side effects of you experimenting along the way on yourself oh i didn't think about that well you have to think about that because that's part (laughs) of the whole you don't just get the positive you're going to get the negatives before you get the positive that's how research works so Mm -hmm. yeah i have another character and i like what he did as far as being able to justify his powers he went the tech route as well but he has like phasing and healing it's like powers that you don't really associate with technology so he did this whole archaeology backstory where he has a jewel that they experimented on and were able to incorporate it with tech and it has unique ability it lets him phase while he's wearing the suit and stuff like that that's cool that's how he though he's a tech he rolled his powers how he's able to justify each of these powers is because he has a artifact gem that he's using technology to access its ability he came up with that i was impressed i know a lot of uh gms that i've seen in the past with people that like the whole um leveling up increasing powers things like that have you roll your mutant up for example and uh you get four powers for example but when you start the game you only have one of those powers and as your character moves along throughout the story and the adventure the other powers manifest itself and you all of a sudden get a new power so it kind of keeps it a little bit fresh and now you have this new power to play with all of a sudden and it was already there and established because in the beginning you rolled you had four powers you just don't know when those other powers are going to activate so it was kind of i joe one of my gms from way in the past the great joe dm he was uh one of the people that did that when we played Marvel. So I thought that was kind of a good idea to do because it gives you, keeps you enticed in the game, engaged in the game. And you're like, okay, when's that new power going to come? What about that new power? And all of a sudden, boom, one day you go to play and you're like, he sits down with you. He's like, all right, today's the day we're going to do this, 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 and this. And I, when I tell you to roll, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or he kind of did it with uh, one of the other players. He's like, suddenly, you know, he had a spider ability of sticking against the wall. He's like, the character fell. And I was, we thought the guy was going to die. And he's like, you all of a sudden grab onto the wall and you're holding onto the wall like this. And you can't believe it. Your hand is stuck against the wall. And you're like, huh? He's like, well, I put my other hand on the wall. He goes, that hand is stuck and now you can't move. And he couldn't figure out how to get off the wall. So he did it that way. Kind of like how Peter Peter Parker discovered most of his powers, like bumbling around. Make sure to establish that rule before, (laughs) before the game starts. Otherwise, you're just this, you know, sliding your players. Yeah, I would say that manner of play is definitely GM player trust level. You have to, as a player, I wouldn't recommend this with the new group. I would say it like if this is like somebody that you've known as the GM and you trust their storytelling to be able to do that. Because, yeah, you roll these powers. You're feeling like, oh, my God, I got this awesome character. You're only allowed to use one of those. It's like, but I rolled four. Yeah, four powers. No, no, it was all established ahead of time that he we would get more powers manifesting in the future, and he was going to tell us what they were. And we were like, okay, fine, you know. Yeah, and like I said, I can definitely see the pluses and minuses of that. The minus would be it doesn't give you any avenue for future growth of new powers or anything. If that's the kind of play style you're wanting, a lot of people like we established for Marvel is that you have the ones that understand the old school rules where these superheroes aren't gaining powers every other session it's not D where you level up and you get a new ability it's you're a hero this is what you can do let's play the story but then you get other character players like 
I'll admit myself, I enjoy like seeing my character get stronger. I like suddenly, like when I first started, I can maybe lift a horse and now I can lift a car because my character is just getting progressively more powerful. And it's been established some superheroes do that. The whole, um, was it, what, not one more day. It's a, it was a Spider-Man arc that I really liked where that guy that eats animal-esque totem characters there's a whole group of them and they're really creepy they're like these vampire creatures and they hunt animal-like people and it absorbs their power and they get stronger for it and he's hunting spider-man and in the story he kills spider-man he rips his eye out beats him so bad that when they take his mask off his face is caved in oh it's yeah it's a i have it somewhere on my bookshelf it's a good spider-man story but uh, in that, he revives himself because it's a spider ability. In fact, he actually turns briefly into a mutant spider like he did in that one storyline and yeah. kills the vampire guy. He's just suddenly that much stronger. But then he dies. But then the, he came back and suddenly he has a whole new bunch of abilities. Suddenly his spider sense is way better. He actually has organic webs and he has a natural stinger. And they kept that power spiel with him for a little bit before they did the hard reboot of that. Joe Caseta don't want to talk about where he sold his marriage to the devil thing. That was oh, the, yeah, oh, the Joe Caseta. Yeah, years later, okay. I still hate that storyline. But yeah, yeah for yeah. a good minute, Spider-Man had a whole new quandary of new powers, and he was learning them again as he was going. He had his established ones, but he was stronger, he was faster, and he did have that stinger ability. He had better sense, spider senses, and he had natural webbing. So. It is possible for these heroes to get new powers like that. And I think I use that as my argument for why John was getting stronger. But like I said, it's depending on the kind of game you're going into as a player. Do you want to just be as is and play the story? Or do you want to level up your character and get that feeling of continual accomplishment kind of thing? Sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant there. I really like that story arc too in Spider-Man. That was when (laughs) Spider-Man was pretty damn good. Yeah. Not anymore. Anyway. <laughs> no, he's, he has his moments. Yeah, he has his moments. So it's really up to you to to kind of wrap this around and bring it back in. It's really up to you as a GM how you want to handle new powers in your game if you want to sit with the player who wants this new power. And, uh, you know, like you said, look through the Marvel Wiki with Steven, like Steven said, and try to find what the power is. So you have a kind of a judge basis of the, the framework of it. And then as a GM, you have to sit there and decide how this power is going to work in the game and also decide, is this power going to break the game, for one? Is this power way overpowered? Is this power worthless? And is it not going to really make much of a difference and waste the player's time? Because you really don't want to waste time as you know playing something that's not going to work. Yeah, do you remember my first character with you, Vince, many, many, many moons ago? I had typical stretching power and <laughs> feeble ice power. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have a lot of fun with that character, I remember. <laughs> yeah, that was the first experience that we ever really played with that game together as a group, so yeah, it was all right. I think we should start a new uh new Marvel session, but apparently everyone wants to play their villains. Yeah, that is the problem we're running into uh to to recreate that entire game is that everybody wants to play those villains again and it's like i'm having a hard time bringing you basically (laughs) so jeff work with our plans damn it 
Yeah, I mean, I could. The only other scenario I can do is we have a subgroup of people and we start a whole new story, and that's the end of it. So. The problem with your plan, Stephen, is that you don't have any. There's um, no, no goal I'm... there. Well, anyway, that's I... not. It's for another. Yeah, that's for another time, say. not for this. <laughs> but that's going to wrap up the show this week. We want to come on back with a nice little discussion show about rules and you know opinions and things about that. Uh, we'll be back in another couple of weeks with another show. We're going to try to do it bi-weekly, and, you know, that's every couple of weeks. We'll do a show like this here on YouTube on the uh, classicphaserip.com uh, slash um, show. <laughs> Not slash show. I'm thinking of roll for initiative. Phaserip.com. Uh, you can go there and uh, listen to the audio. Find us on Apple Podcast, uh, Android, blah, 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 blah. We're all over the place. Don't worry about it. With that said, we're going to head out for the night. I am Vince sitting along. Steven. Uh, thank you all for having me, Steven. I hope I didn't ramble too much for my first time speaking with everybody. So thank you again. And the Jeff. Next time. the Jeff says, have a good night. And Excelsior. You've been listening to the Classic Face Rip Podcast. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the podcast are not the final word and are just what they are, opinions. If you'd like to catch up on all the episodes, head on over to ClassicFaceRip.com or if you want to check out the video shows live on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Again, that's YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Email us at AskTheDM at TheEvilDM.com. Thank you.